What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. On the one-year birthday of the podcast, great to have the podcast back with us for another year. Uh, first off, wanted to start with what a year it's been. Proud of where we are. Not satisfied um, with what we have so far, but a good start. Glad that I have guys like Blaine and Johnny to help me along the way. They joined me again this evening for another football uh, podcast. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot of around the league, or excuse me, a lot of Chiefs stuff, a um, little hard knock sprinkled in there. Uh, great episode last night. Um, I'm convinced about this Lions team right now, <laughs> and I think it's basically based solely just off hard knocks. But we were high on the Lions um, if you go back and listen to the NFC North episode. Let's talk to the boys real quick before we get started we'll start with blaine blaine how we living brother happy birthday yeah. to you it's a little sentimental boys you That's guys awesome. have played a big role and i honestly do need to give you two a shout out i mean you guys really do help me more than i could ever imagine so absolutely you yeah um I'm glad to be a part of it i mean great one uh one year episode i'm sure we're gonna have here and chiefs getting rolling it i mean i saw football this weekend chiefs football so I'm a happy man. I'm ready to get to it. Absolutely, dude. Um, and I was talking to you earlier in the week. Uh, you got you have a busy weekend ahead of you. Sounds like kind of well, yeah, maybe a wedding. Me. Who's getting married? Just a friend. One okay. of our one of our friends in Kansas City. And if kinda you're weird, around yeah. Sunday, you know, maybe say what's up. Yeah, yeah. I we'll talk about it for sure. Johnny, what's up with you, brother? Welcome back. Good to see you. Good to see you guys too. Uh, love again, like I always say this. I love being on this podcast, and today is it, it's it feels you know better than uh, than the other ones because it's the one year uh, anniversary of this great show, uh, Chandler. For real though, man, kudos to you. Um, this is your baby, and it would have been really easy for you to you know just kind of like oh we're just screwing around. We're not going to stick to a disciplined schedule. Uh, we're you know we're not going to add more content. Um, you could have just like scrapped it, and it would have just gone into the ether, and it would be over by now. But sticking to things like this, like sticking to a new hobby like committing to it for a year is a big deal because then you're just going to commit to it for a long time, right? Like mm -hmm. whether it's the gym or your new job or a relationship with somebody, a podcast, like it's a big deal to get to the one year mark. So um, give yourself a pat on the back. And, you know, I would venture to say, you know, I've been doing this with you for, for basically the majority of, of the year. Uh, you've come a long way as a host too. You do a great job of hosting. You make things easy for me and Blaine and, yeah, I'm really pumped. Hard Knocks, of course. Like, I look forward to Hard Knocks. Yeah. Um, like, I look forward to a, a regular season football game, and I'm excited to dive into that with you guys as well as to recap uh, what the Chiefs have been doing recently. Blaine, you got something? Yeah, and I just – it's rewarding for other people too. I mean, there's people I know that look forward to listening to you in this podcast every Thursday, whether they're out weed-eating and they don't like their job or whether they're in the yeah. corporate office and waiting for Fio to come on in their commute. So just uh, wear that on your shoulder. It's fun for some people, too. Yep. I appreciate the kind words, fellas. And um, enough with the sappy shit. We got a podcast to do. Let's get to the Hard Knocks episode number two from last night. Uh, picked up right where it left off, really. Um, absolutely loved the intro. Um, Detroit is one of those American cities that's kind of been forgotten 
um, really do, I would say, obviously, I mean, we can get really into it with the car industry and whatnot, but really just kind of a shitty sports town. Um, I think that really puts a whole damper on the entire city, kind of like the Browns in Cleveland. You don't think of Cleveland as being some rainbows of sunshine place because the Browns stink. Detroit is kind of that same way. But at one time in this country, Detroit was a booming town, and I think they did a good job of uh, reminding us of that. I think that's important to remember. But um, I thought it was a great episode. More flashes of the Hutchinson family, which uh, bonk, but can't really go wrong with that. Um, really, uh, really interesting there. Uh, but he also, he deserved the time. He played like an absolute animal um, in his first game, first action. And they did a good job of showcasing that as well. Um, I didn't realize that the first two snaps he had were both tackles. Like that's, it's pretty good. Um, I think the Lions might have stolen one at number two, as crazy as that sounds. I think we're going to find out that he should have been the number one overall pick. Let's hear from the boys. Johnny, what do you think of episode one? So, like I mentioned um, just a second ago, I look forward to Hard Knocks. Like, I get really excited for this show. Um, but I will say, just compared to the first episode, I don't think it was as good. It was still entertaining, but I just put it was a decent episode. Uh, it was it was 10 minutes longer, too. The first episode, I thought we kind of got gypped on time. This one was like the regular 54, 55 minutes. So, um, uh, I, I had a few thoughts. Um to, to piggyback off of what you just started with Chandler about the city of Detroit being a shitty sports um, sports city, like this just goes to the point of in this country, like we have so many different sports, right? But football is, is king. Like football r- rules everything. You know, if you look at like, like colleges, like the most sought after colleges, like for partying and have a good time are schools that are good at football. Like, you know, I'm a, and this is going to make Blaine cringe, but, you know, I was, I'm a born and raised Kansas Jayhawk fan. And yes, uh, basketball is about as good as it can get coming off of a national championship. But let me tell you right now, like when people want to go have a good time, Lawrence is not really the first choice. Like they're going to go to a football school to have a good time. And the reason, you know, Detroit is a, a city with, with history. Um, there were, of course, years where, where the Tigers were good in baseball. Uh, they didn't ever get there. Um, and, and those teams that were really good, the Pistons were really good. They got there back to back times. But if foot, but if football gets you there, like it is over the top. The mm-hmm. Kansas City, Kansas City, because of Patrick Mahomes, because of Andy Reid, because of the Super Bowl uh, in 2019, like Kansas City is just flourishing. Business is doing better. Um, the draft is coming to Kansas City. The fucking World Cup is coming to Kansas City. Kansas City was picked over places like Chicago and Cleveland and Detroit. Like, so winning in football is huge. And it's something the Lions haven't done for a very, very long time. In fact, they're probably the biggest joke of a franchise um, in the entire NFL. And I really hope Dan Campbell um, gets things turned around. I don't want to cover everything. I, I, I want to, you know, come up for air and give Blaine some time to talk about it too. But I do want want the uh, round table to come back to me. The one point that I'll make uh, here really quick is uh, the the person I was most excited to watch was Amon Ross St. Brown's dad, uh, yeah. John Brown. That guy is a total badass. Um, I love the gym. I think it's great. And this is a two-time Mr. Universe or whatever, whatever the competition was called. The guy is a total beast. And uh, his sons are also beasts to the point where 
Uh, he even was bragging about how they don't communicate uh, when they're lifting. And then when they were talking about getting a drink of water, he was like, oh, people don't drink spit anymore. He was like giving <laughs> these guys shit for drinking water. So, um, yeah, more to cover, but I don't want to get get to all of it. So, uh, Blaine, what do you think? Yeah, no, I was, I was going to go the family route, too, to start. Like, Hutchinson's mom is a whoa like yeah. whoa she's, they, was, was, you know what let's just call it how it is she's a smoke show she's a smoke show yeah and keep her and away from that that's what it is there's nothing wrong with saying that no you're if, if you're at home listening and you don't like what i'm saying you're thinking it yeah so attractive people are attractive yeah deal but with they, it. they they did like the three the all the three girls and then they showed the dad in a different shot like two or three times like yeah. fuck you like so, sorry mm-hmm. not getting the clicks and it was awkward. Like I really felt like being in that box, I would my skin would crawl. It'd be horrible because because oh my god, the camera's on me. Like and, the, the and I'm on St. Brown's. The thing yeah, that's funny ahead. about that too, Blaine. Sorry to cut you off. Is that like the dad was a defensive end in Michigan? Like I think he played yeah. some in the league. Like he's probably like a legit dude, and he's not getting any screen time. And it's like God, make it more obvious, <laughs> right? And so. then it flip side, it's like the most awkward looking at the camera. Oh my God, this is going to be on HBO to then I'm on yeah. St. Brown's dad, just like, fuck this. I'm Mr. Universe. I don't give a shit. You know, like yeah, totally LeVar ball in it. And, and like, that's kind of <laughs> I got, but um, other than that, Rodrigo um, linebacker really, really liked to see a guy that was drafted late in his progression and somebody that I can watch whenever I watch preseason, preseason games in the Detroit Lions to really be excited about it. it um, you know, even, even I'm on St. Brown, like those guys are just likable. You, it, it puts you in the lens of what they really are like day to day. And that's my favorite thing about hard knocks is you just, you kind of feel like your buddies with them, even watching them through the screen. That's cool. Yeah, one thing I will admit real quick, I didn't realize that Amon St. Brown was that good last year. Like, I mean, I had heard of him and knew who he was and, like, knew he was a receiver in the league. But, I mean, I didn't know that he was, like, breaking Lions records and, like, supposedly going to have a breakout season this year. He's not going to be talked about at all in the national circle. None. And I pulled up the fantasy top 300 PPR draft kit, like, thinking, oh, maybe I can get Amon St. Brown, like, late in the draft. He's up wide receiver 25 like he's going in the top 50 he's 53rd of all picks in the nfl right now and i was like, damn it i really i really am not gonna get him in the, yeah. in the draft uh, I, uh, yeah so i i was self self-admitting there i i did not know that at all johnny you said you wanted the round table to come back to you what do you got <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm playing this weird game right now where my my kid's going to bed and he just got out of a bath. So if you hear a, a baby crying in the background, that's my son Johnny. But uh, yeah, so a couple things. Uh, Blaine mentioned um, Rodrigo. I was texting you guys about this last night because that that guy fired me up. That kind of level of football, the linebacker position, fires me up. Um, I love Leo Chanel for the Chiefs. So let's draw a comparison between these two guys because Rodrigo looked like a beast last night, right? Like he was standing guys up laying laying the wood making some big hits um malcolm rodriguez was a sixth round pick out of oklahoma state he's five foot ten 230 pounds and he's 23 years old uh leo chanel uh my favorite person in the world six three two two fifty 21 years old and he's just as fast and uh hey johnny a 40 C. inch vertical yeah he likes leo chanel too so yeah. uh like, nice. just to see this Rodrigo guy put up that kind of an effort, 
gives me like the the utmost happiness and I'm just looking forward to Leo Chanel being an absolute beast for the chiefs. Um, oh, and keep in mind that Leo Chanel was like such, he's such a good athlete that he like broke the scale that they use to measure linebacker athleticism. So um, good point on Rodrigo. I'm pumped for that guy. Um, and then on Amon Ross St. Brown, two things here. So uh, we saw a little bit of Deandre Swift, Deandre Swift. Yeah. They, the, and this might just be the way that the, the show was shot. But, you know, it just kind of seemed like, like he lacks that dog mentality like that everyone likes. He likes that just that edge, that extra edge that you would want. Amon Ra does not lack that at all. In fact, we saw we, we saw him re- rattle off the 16 wide receivers that were taken in front of him in the draft and where they all went to college. Yeah. So like Amon Ra St. Brown is a beast. And he put up amazing numbers for the Lions um, in his rookie season. 90 catches, 912 yards, five touchdowns through the air. They also used him, you know, in the jet sweep kind of running game, too. Um, He had a touchdown there uh, on the ground on like a 26 or a 28-yard end around. So, like, this guy's a dynamic player. And he has me really excited for for the Lions offensively uh, going forward. So, yeah. uh, a lot of positive stuff there on their skill position players. Is um I also think that Almon Ron Amun Ross St. Brown scored a touchdown in the preseason game, right? He had a touchdown on the hard knocks, didn't he? I thought he did. I think he had a touchdown in like practice. Didn't Swift score the touchdown in the game? I'm not really sure. I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's, well, bad yeah radio, that's, but... that's bad on us. That's bad on us. We should know that. But I think he I think he might have, but whatever. Okay, Johnny, two questions to ask you. Well, I got one question, then I got one statement to bring up. More of a statement slash question type of deal. It's for the whole group, but this one specifically for Johnny. Is Leo Chanel your favorite chief right now? <laughs> Patrick aside, yes. Yeah, 100%. Patrick doesn't count. Patrick's everybody's Patrick is, favorite. Like, Patrick is like the savior of my life. Yeah. Like, Patrick is my the amazing. But yeah, Leo Chanel is like... I'm easily the most excited for him. Um, just like the build, the athleticism, uh, the mindset. Like the, I mean, like a a dumb football brain, like like mine. Like when all when when your stud linebacker says something, you know, to the to the fans at the season ticket member thing after the draft. Like my dumb brain, like when he hears, like I just like hitting people. I'm addicted to hitting people. I think I just like fell in love, like at yeah. that at that moment. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to pick up the, the Leo Chanel Jersey for sure. Oh dude, you have to pick one up for sure. I love that. I can't wait to watch the play either. I think it's going to be good. Now my last point here on the hard knocks before we move on to the chiefs versus bears preseason game. I can't take credit for this because I heard it on another podcast. Won't say who it is, but they made a great point that I feel like I have to bring up on this podcast as well. They were talking about how Hard Knocks always kind of sets up somebody uh, to get cut at the end. And is it – it seems to kind of – right now, the front runner, if there was betting odds, it might be Rodrigo. Because as Johnny mentioned, he's a little undersized, six-round pick or whatever. Having a good camp, yeah, but a little too much hype at the beginning. I'm just saying have it on your radar. Because they this podcast is right by what they said. Because that it happens every year. There's somebody that everyone's rooting for. I think when the Raiders, when it was the Raiders, it was like that Keelan Doss guy 
he was like a sixth or seventh round wide receiver, but he was having a good camp and he had like a night, he had a, he had a, like a nice family and people were rooting for him and they cut his ass. <laughs> so just keep it all, keep your eye out there. And if, if it's right, it was secondly reported on the figure it out podcast. Secondly, we'll take second. Right boys. We'll take it. Anybody we'll take it, but we can't, we can't move on yet because there's actually somebody who I think is going to get cut. And I think, well, Blaine, Blaine might want to take this because I'm going to get pissed off talking about this guy. So you want me yeah, to I'll go? Yeah, let Blaine okay. go. No, you're fired up, Johnny. Get, keep going. I, okay. I can feel it. If, if, there is a, if, if there is a guy who needs to get cut and just, like, shot into the sun, it's <laughs> David Blau. Honestly, like, I, I mean this with all due respect because he seems like a good man – uh, and a husband, and if he's a father or going to be, I'm sure he'll be a great one someday. But fuck David Blau. That guy does not belong on a football field, uh, or especially not on hard knocks, because the guy the guy was telling everyone how he was going to win the game. He fumbled a snap right at his face. You know, it's hard to, like, pinpoint blame for losses. That's the reason that they lost that game is because he fumbled that snap um, and then the, the, Falcons, the, the Falcons ended up scoring uh, and winning the game. Shout out Lucas Scant. But David <laughs> Blau, David Blau, after losing the game on the field, knowing he's on hard knocks, wearing a microphone, turns around and yells. He yells fudge. He didn't yeah. even say fuck. He says <laughs> fudge on the field. That is the the softest, most beta male loser thing I've ever heard. And if Dan Campbell sees that and keeps him on this, then I on the roster, I'm going to have questions about Dan Campbell. <laughs> oh my Fuck God. you, David Blau. Oh my God. And you know what's crazy I, too? What's crazy to me is that that episode was set up for him to be like America's sweetheart. That's some Russell Wilson goober shit to yeah. say fudge when you screw up. Sorry right, to cut you now. off again, Blaine. Sorry, I did it again. Has a hot wife who is an Olympian, so good for him. Yeah, I mean, what what can you do? I kind of like the this go back to my Kirk Cousins feel, but him sitting in the oh. locker room, it's a freaking pre preseason game. He's got his life on the line. Give him a little bit of a break. God, I mean, yeah, I, I, I did. Knew, I, I love agree with that. I love the shot. The one of my biggest takeaways was like Jared Goff is becoming such a leader of this team. And I love to see him walking around with Blau to the locker room on the shoulder. Dude, it's all right. We got next game and you're going to have a hell of a game. And like trying to get this guy a roster spot or doing everything he can. I, I just love that part of football. Like in my feels, I know it's a hard of sport, yeah. but just the relationships in football to where it can ride or you can die. And he had a horrible, he's had a horrible week. He watched that hard knocks and he's just like, he'll, he'll never lose that ever, ever. No. And it hurt me to see, but yeah. Johnny, that was good. I know what you mean. It's the human thing. It's like the guys, like, you could, like, feel when they lost the game finally. You could, like, feel him losing his job. Like, that's, yeah. I mean, it's like that human element. It's like, ah. Uh. But, yeah, you can't say fudge, dude. Even if you <laughs> yeah, don't, no. even if, even if you, like, have a stance against cussing, like, if you don't cuss, you, you can't play football and not yell out fuck at the end of the game. There's no way. You can you cannot say fudge. This is why I think like Philip Rivers' Phil mic ups are yes. so hilarious. <laughs> They're so hilarious because he's like, shoot, dagummit. And like he's just like a bolo tie wearing goober. Okay, that's yeah. fine. 
Uh, David Blau is okay. Like, uh, guys, miss me with the heartstring stories. Like, this guy, dude, fuck this guy. Get him out. Like, <laughs> cut him. Cut it. Cut him now. Because, like, this is a wins and losses league in a grown man game. You can be the most decent guy in the world, but uh, respectfully, fuck David Blau. Yeah. Um, no, you're right, Johnny. At the end of the day, you are more right than me and Blaine. But, yep. Um, yep. Yep. God, I love this podcast. One year. Happy birthday, everybody. We love it. Okay, let's move into the Chiefs versus the Bears preseason week one. <laughs> um, absolutely love what we see in the first quarter. Uh, the ones defense absolutely dominated the Bears. Uh, Justin Fields looked lost. The Bears are inept. Andy Reid made some comments after the game, and I'm glad he did because I watched bits and pieces here and there um, live, and then I went back and watched the highlights. That field – what the what was that field, dude? Soldier Field? What is going on? The Bears so, was a joke. So, so I heard one thing. I have a friend from Chicago. He said the city. It's the only stadium in the NFL that the city owns. So yeah. the city of Chicago maintains it, and that's how mm-hmm. fucked up that organization is. But I digress. Yeah. Um. But back to the game. Uh. Absolutely loved the first quarter. Defense looked good. Like I said, Justin Fields looked lost. Prayers for him. That offensive line was bad. Um, just, I, I there's there's not words to describe how bad the, the Bears first team offense looked. I'm not even trying to be mean about it. But shout out to our defense for playing well when it when it counted. Offense, what a methodical drive for Pat and the boys. That's the kind of drives we're going to get this year. There aren't going to be any more big plays. There might be a few that pop off here and there, but it's going to be methodical. Pat took what the uh, offense gave him. I want, or the, excuse me, what the defense gave him. I wonder what the uh, preseason odds on um, Michael Burton to get the first catch of the year were. But love the play action rollout to the Bratwurst um, in the flag. Got like a 12, 13 yard gain. Kicks the season off with a mentality that we're here and we're going to run the play action. Blaine was texting that on Saturday afternoon, maybe Johnny too. But we did run a lot of play action from under center insanely difficult to defend um and that's going to add a really good element get patrick moving um god he can just do it all move right down the field 7-0 before you knew it wonder what the preseason odds for blake bell catching the first touchdown of the year were but love seeing him get involved blake bell can make a serious impact on this team in my opinion travis obviously going to be guarded David Bell, those slip into the flats. Excuse me, uh, Blake Bell, those slips into the flats, those things. Though she's going to be great at things like that and obviously blocking. Absolutely love what I saw from the first quarter, first team. Before we move on to the rest of the game, let's get the boys. Uh, Johnny, I think you're up first here. Um, yeah, the, you got a glimpse. Us, Everyone got a glimpse of what this offense is going to look like. And they, I mean, that was a very watered down version. It's going to be completely spread out amongst the entire uh, cast of weapons. And it's going to be really exciting. Um, Patrick Mahomes, six of seven for 60 yards um, with one touchdown. He threw a, he completed a pass to six different receivers. And it went like this. Uh, Burton for 11, Hardman for 9, Kelsey for 19, uh, Valdez, Scantling for 11, Pacheco for 5, Bell, 5-yard touchdown. I mean, that's just – Juju didn't even get a catch. Or And, I mean, this offense is going to be absolutely lethal. And the reason it is is like that is because uh, you have the best football player on the planet 
getting his hands on the ball every single time and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I want to get into this into depth. I don't know if now is the best time, but I'll just give a little teaser. Every time you hand the ball off to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you are putting this offense in a worse position to succeed than any other option. I'm serious. Like, if Patrick threw the ball every single time, you would have more success over the run of the game than, than, than you know, throwing away 12, 15 plays uh, by handing the ball off to Clyde. I cannot stand this guy, and I used to be a huge fan of Clyde. Um, but I've got some numbers that maybe we can break down in, in the training camp segment or something. But, yeah, Clyde, is, Clyde was the worst part um, of the opening drive, and I thought the opening drive was, was really exciting. Blaine? Yeah, and I'll just stick with that. As, uh, one of the biggest points was how much are we really going to – and we text this, like, use Burton instead of I – mean, we thought it was going to be Rojo, but Rojo didn't see many holes, a lot of – you know, he was playing behind a bad offensive line, so you really couldn't tell what he has. But, I mean, Burton was used tremendously there and when Clyde was used it went negative yardage and yet that's just what's there and it's what's going to happen for the rest of the year it hasn't changed since last year you saw Clyde get basically pulled near the end of of the season it's I mean stop hoping on Clyde I see all these national people oh they got Nicole Hartman and and uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire that's what everybody says is Mahomes weapons this year well you're fucking wrong because those are the two guys that aren't this year and it <laughs> kind of bothers me to see but after you go Burton Burton Clyde but I did see MVS have a few openings there Pat slung one on a deep post to the middle um MVS had it there it was almost a touchdown just a little bit long on Pat's side and then they came back MVS caught a caught a tough grab in traffic really like to see the way that the receivers Love seeing that especially MVS I had some questions yeah. about him coming into this and Seem to be sure-handed week one. We'll see how it goes week two, three, and on. But that was huge. And then defensively, uh, the one thing that stuck out, yes, Chris Jones, big sack, third down. That looked great. But the first play of the game, like if you were to shave off Tyron Matthews' age, you get Justin Reed. And how he read that play in the flats, what happened was um, Bears dumped it down to the flat. Justin Reed was already coming downhill. He had a five-yard run on this thing, planted his foot, two-yard gain, stuffed. First yeah. play of the game, locked Pretty in. Awesome. We, we did not get that out of Tyron last year, or maybe no. even barely the year before. And so it's just a refurbished Tyron and such a great move by this organization to bring a guy like Justin Reed in on, on that first drive. I, I was so ecstatic to see that. Yeah, to, and to go back to your Michael Burton uh, point, in that first drive, third and one, I believe on uh, Bears' side of the field, we handed it off on the fullback dive for three, which for in three. reality you'd think you'd give it to Clyde. He stinks. Johnny, you sent a screenshot of the – I mean, Burton had less room to work with than Clyde did. Burton got three plus. Clyde got negative one. I mean, it just – you you just want to – you would want to get behind him and shove him like get going. What are you waiting for? There's there, there's no burst there. Like there's just no, like he, I say this all the time. He makes the first guy miss, but he, he can't get away from anybody else there. There's no athlete. Like the athleticism is lacking here. Let me just get into what I wanted to say about Clyde real quick. Cause like I, I did really like Clyde, um, but he's five foot eight, 209 pounds. And I think that the height right there is generous. He's slow and small. 
how can you trust this guy in pass protection with Patrick Mahomes back there? And, and think of the cast of pass rushers that there are in the AFC West and just the entire league in and of itself. Like you cannot trust, you cannot trust Clyde. And I think the reason that they have been going with Clyde really is because of his, the draft capital that was used on him. Like it has 100%. to be that because in, when, the, when the going got tough last year, Jarek McKinnon and fucking Derek Gore changed that entire running back room. And those were the go-to guys, not Clyde. And I know Clyde got hurt and I know they were saying he was playing undersized, but listen, it is one thing after another with this guy. Uh, why don't they throw the ball to Clyde more? Maybe they'll throw it to him more since Tyreek is gone. Like that is just not, that's just not going to happen. You know, Clyde's big thing coming out of LSU was that he's this great pass catcher. So I looked up his stats in, in the league and how the Chiefs have utilized him. In 10 games last year, he had 19 catches. That's that's nothing. That That's that's nothing at all. It, let's go for his best year then. In 2020, he had 39 catches. That wouldn't even have been in the top 25 in the league la- this last season. Like, they don't throw him the ball. Okay, well, maybe he's more efficient, you know, at – just running up the middle and getting some some chunk yardage, not long not long yardage. Well, 17 yards was his longest carry last year. He averaged 4.3 yards per carry, which would have been 20th in the NFL last year. And think about how absurd that is because the Chiefs have the best interior offensive line in the entire league. And Clyde is not a boundary runner. He's an interior runner. So he's running behind the best interior offensive line in the league, and he had the 20th best yards per carry. If you give Clyde the ball <laughs> – like, you need to run the football. This is why I think Isaiah Pacheco is getting so much buzz. A seventh rounder is changing right. the entire room. Last year, like I said, McKinnon, a 30-year-old who's had three surgeries, changed the room. Derek Gore, who probably should be bagging groceries, changed the room for the Chiefs. It's because Clyde Edwards-Alaire is just, frankly, not good. Like, he is just not good enough to play in the NFL um, at a high level. Maybe he could be a backup for somebody else, but he cannot be your go-to back or you're going to be worse off. Yeah. Bingo. I couldn't have said I couldn't have said it better uh, myself, I, had, I don't think. I had pre-workout like a little bit ago, so I'm fired up. Like, no, I mean, it's like, fine. I you my covered eyes it well. Are glossy. That's, why, that's why we have you on the show, son. <laughs> Bring it. I love it. I'm, um, I'm pissed. Yeah, I I don't get it. There the excuses are out the window for Clyde in my eyes. Um he's got the best offensive line in front of him that he could ask for. Um, this he's just not getting the job done. That video that we sent today, and I hate to keep harping on him, but the video that we sent today of Trey McDuffie, like he has Trey McDuffie beat for like a five, six yard gain, it looks like, gets stripped just because he gets manhandled and McDuffie scoops and scores. Like that can happen in games. You practice how you play. I don't get it. I don't understand. It it makes no sense to me. Um, hopefully we are really wrong. But it doesn't seem like that right now. Let's go to the uh, second quarter and on. Start talking about some of these uh, uh, more of uh, two deep guys and fringe one guys. I think the biggest takeaway for me from the second uh, quarter on is Sky Moore. He had the best play of the day, um, in my opinion, um, with his sideline catch. An absolute floater to the sideline from Shane oh. Duchelle. He will not get – Shane Bouchelle, the former SMU quarterback, I believe, he will not get a floor to something like that. Pat's going to zip it on him. But his ability to plant that foot and tap his toe um, to catch that ball it, late in the second quarter um, extended a drive, I even think, 
Um, and we ended up scoring on that drive. An unbelievable catch. He so far is the is the uh, MVP of training camp, and so far through the first preseason game, um, the buzz could not be higher on this guy, Sky Moore. I think that he is going to be able to have an unbelievable season, given what we saw from the first drive from the from the number ones. I mean, you throw the ball to six different guys. How are you going to guard all of us? Sky Moore is going to add an element where he can beat you deep. He can catch a ball short. He can go on a jet sweep. Essentially, we're going to have a better McColl with McColl on the field. The speed is there from Sky Moore. I absolutely love what I've been seeing from him in camp. He's dominating. Blaine? Yeah, I want to go on the defensive end. I saw You saw a lot of Jalen Watson in that second quarter. He got juked out of his shoes by uh, the running back from Baylor. What? Forget 31. Um, so sorry, I forget his, his name, but we'll he has to. But he has to be good. He has to be good. These young corners, you saw Joshua Williams a little bit. He didn't get exposed much at all. But I just I just see the progression has got to be there a little bit more. At, we, next week, that's all I'm watching is that cornerback room and Watson, Williams, and even Brian Cook or Deion Bush, who gave up a touchdown, who got he, – he was the first touchdown the Bears scored was running back, ran a, a kind of out and yeah. in. And he just – got buckled you can't that can't happen to our side guys because they're going to get a lot of playing time and um that's one of the more important parts of this defense so that was my big takeaway second i really carloft is lining up with the ones that was sweet yeah. and then my guy colin saunders made a hell of a play yeah he did deep. i mean five yards deep on kind of like a slow developing sweep shot the gap boom yeah. a big loss his speed was i mean I haven't seen that in a long time, maybe since the Valley days, and that was great to see. His issue is injuries. He just yeah. he can't stay healthy. That's his, his whole thing so far. When he's out there, I think he's a productive defensive lineman. He deserves to be on this team, in my opinion. He's he he just has to stay healthy. Johnny, what were your thoughts from the from the two deeps? Uh, that we are uh, we have we're seeing who the final two wide receivers are going to be on this roster. Right, of course, the four that are locked: Juju, MBS, Sky, and Nicole. And there were a cast of individuals that were going to be vying for those two spots. But this looks like it's for the out there for the taking for for Justin Watson uh, and Doris Fountain. Um, both also play special teams. Um, Justin Watson had an amazing game. Keep in mind, this is a guy who uh, kind of came into this league with the Buccaneers and had some success with Brady, but of course was behind guys like Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and you know, the tight ends that were on that team as well. Uh, and now he's on this roster and all of the buzz, you know, he was down there in Texas with Mahomes when they were getting that early action with OTAs. Like Mahomes has talked about how he likes this guy. Uh, and he had some success, uh, five for 45 and a touchdown, which was a sick-ass touchdown. Great throw by Buchel as well on the touchdown. Super fun there. Uh, he's, I think he's a lock for the roster. And then Defoe, Doris Fountain. Again, another special teams guy has been batting a, battling a groin injury, but he seems to be back. He had three catches for 24 yards. And if that's your sixth receiver, um, you know, Marcus Kemp was on this team for a long time doing that kind of stuff in preseason mm -hmm. and then, be, then being your special teams ace. So uh, Cornell Powell, Blaine's boy, had three catches for 10 yards. Like, you know, nothing super impressive, but he did have some catches. And the reason that's relevant is because Josh Gordon had zero catches for zero yards. So, like, Josh Gordon's going to get cut. He didn't play special teams. So, uh, he had kind of a nice play on the sideline that didn't count. Hell of a so catch. 
hell of a catch, but that's just, you're just probably not going to get it often. And it's not going to be seen because it's like, it's had a one-off and then we don't need it. Yeah. It really stinks that the Josh Gordon experiment's not going to work out. They're really, yeah. it's just, it's just not in the cards anymore. He just, he messed around too much. John, do you have anything? Do you have more? Are we going to, um, are you going to get into like the second half or do you want me to do that now? Oh yeah. Go for it. Absolutely. We are. Well, my only point was that Leo Chanel had seven total tackles and six solo, and he was around the ball the entire second half. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you guys, like, that once this guy figures out how to hold his own in 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 pass coverage, they're not going to be able to keep him off the field and running running downs. Like, they're not. And so once he figures out how to, you know, maybe just in the chance where he's matched up on somebody who – you know, a tight end or a slot receiver or a running back at, you know, like if he's, if he's ever matched up in an unfavorable matchup, once he learns to hold his own, this guy's going to be on the field all the time. He's, he's just like there. I don't even know if you guys, like you guys both played football at a way higher level than I ever did. Like, is there a quality or a name for someone who's always around the football? Like he is just like, you know, like you can't really measure it, but it's there. Yeah, every defensive coach I've ever heard says good things happen when you run to the ball. Um, you just never know what's going to happen. That ball can pop out. You can hit him, and the ball's you know, it's free. That ball is ball is life, literally. And the more you can be around it, the better things happen. And that's just, it's just attitude. And that's the attitude this Chiefs defense needs. Another attitude play I love was from Brian Cook on kickoff. Yeah. See, I think he's the same kind of guy as Leo Chanel, just a DB where he's looking to take your head off. He just needs to figure out the game, the NFL game of football a little bit more. But seeing him run down and just obliterating a kickoff return man, a return man, it was great to see. Love seeing that. Yeah, he looked a little bit limber, but once he gets his confidence, I feel like that's yeah. when, once it gets there, he's going to start hitting some people. And he couldn't he agree has, more. He, he wants to tackle. He just right. needs to – he has to know better, you know, scheme, schematics, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was pretty impressed with even behind like the linebacker group. Obviously, we're going to highlight Leo Chanel, but you got to, I mean, please remember Jermaine Carter has played in 16 games every season he's been in the NFL since 2018. And Elijah Lee is no slouch. That yeah. room is stacked. I mean, yeah. stacked from the back. And they played really well as a, as a group that whole game. So that stuck out to me. I had to look up stats and immediately I was like, man, Jermaine Carter looks like he can make some plays. And True enough. The, those guys got experience, and it was a great addition to our team in the offseason this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one thing I will be a little negative about, I do think it is a bit of a concern that um, our defense, the twos, give up uh, 17 – or excuse me, 19 points in the second half. I think yeah. that shows a little bit of a lack of depth. Now, it is preseason game one, so we can, we can account that into a little bit of it, but 19 points and a half of football is a little ridiculous. And we have been on here preaching about how our depth is lacking. Now, as I said, preseason game week one, um, don't want to put too much stock into it, but it is a little concerning. I mean, these are still NFL players. They've been doing this for a long time. Um, Depth will be an issue. And especially when we get down to 53, these guys are going to have to be valuable pieces. Whoever makes 53 are going to be valuable pieces from this two deep here. So just want to throw that out there. And Trevor Simeon can't throw for two touchdowns against guys that are going to be seeing the field. I mean, right. when you're going, even even if it is that second half, I mean, there were a lot of those corners, you know, plug, corner, plug, you know, whenever Snead 
goes inside, you get a play out or however they do it. You know, you've got to be six deep there. And yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so let's get into, let's get into a little bit of a training camp in this week and then we'll wrap it up. Um, just some things that we've seen around. One thing that stuck out in my mind is how good Willie Gay's looking. Um, had a pick early in the week, knifing into the backfield, hitting people with life barely after they get the handoff. Um, the dude's everywhere. He looks like he's having a really good time out there, um, which is great to see for a guy who has been known to have some mental um, issues, what whatever that means. But um, I, I I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy. This guy could be an absolute freak linebacker if he just buys in and has a good time playing football. And right now, I think he, I think it seems like he is. Blaine, I love Willie Gay. I like you said, if his head's on straight, I love the guy. I mean. And and secondly, when we're talking about training camp, seeing Nick Bolton, you know, in that preseason game with the 32 on his back, that was hard to get used to, but that looks really good on it him. It does look good. I like <laughs> Nick Bolton, dude. Looks really good. But Watson was the guy the day after he just put on a show, went up the hill with Matt McMillan, the Chiefs reporter. They did a whole special on him today. I don't know if you guys saw that. Key point, loves Entourage. My favorite show of all time. So and you just know that guy. Entourage. <laughs> Vinny Chase, he, he even mentioned. I love that. But um, I didn't really get to why. I mean, obviously, we can talk about McColl or Chris Jones maybe being it up. But I don't yeah, think well, that's a big story. Is it, Johnny? I've got a feeling Johnny's got some fired up takes on that. <laughs> no, I need to take a couple of breaths here or I'm not going to be able to go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> Chris Jones and McColl Hardman uh, were – in the words of the the sports media loser whores, uh, <laughs> carted off. They were carted off today, uh, which we all know what carted off means. That means your leg is in an air cast and that you're done for the season. I hate when they use that stuff. The Chiefs medical room or whatever it is on campus is like a mile away from the practice field. And if you've ever been out there, uh, it's also uphill. So, like, of course they get into a cart, but they just get into the front seat of the cart and they go up there. Chris Jones, they said he had back soreness. I tend to believe that, like, and there were no reports that he, like, went down in pain or anything. Chris just probably was like, yeah, I don't really need to be out here. I need to go take a shit. And they drove him up to the the facility and he was good. I mean, we watched the preseason game. Chris looked really good. Uh, McCole Hardman, now he went down, um, limped off the field, went to the medical tent. And then on his under his own power walked to the cart into the front seat, um, and he went up. And now Andy Reid, in his media availability, mentioned that he's going to get an MRI, but he does not believe it to be serious. Uh, so McColl probably like now won't play anymore in the preseason, but whatever, that's fine. Um, moving on. Oh, and Juju also didn't practice for a second day in a row with a sore knee. Uh, again, like guys, tomorrow or depending on whenever you listen to this, Thursday the eight, Thursday the eighteenth. Uh, is the last day of training camp in St. Joe. I, I like how they do training camp in St. Joe, but I think I speak for everybody. It's just time to get the guys back to Kansas City and, like, into their own beds. And we've done enough team building, so let's just get these guys, like, into their regular uh, routine. Um, uh, really, the only other training camp things that I have um, are that Patrick's ball placement. Like, they put up a highlight of him every day, but Patrick's accuracy is just, like, truly elite. This guy can put the ball – Anywhere he wants. Saw a video before he got hurt of McCole Hardman beating McDuffie down the uh, down the far sideline. 
and McDuffie did a great job catching up and making it contested. And Mahomes just put the ball in it in the perfect spot on like a 50 yard throw or 40 yard throw. So uh, Patrick's awesome. And Patrick and Rashad Fenton were getting into it a little bit this week, which I absolutely love. Um, Patrick threw a pass to Kelsey and Fenton held his Jersey uh, and the ball was batted down. And Patrick was just yelling at him. You hold on every fucking play. You hold on every play. There's like, you can hear the audio of Patrick yelling at this guy. And I thought that was, uh, that was really fun. And last thing for me guys on the training camp stuff, um, is that Danny Shelton is massive. <laughs> Danny Shelton is the biggest, I think the biggest human being I've ever seen. What do you yes. guys think? He's gigantic. Um, I mean, and he can move well. I can't believe how well he can move. It was, they were showing that one of those bag drills. It's unbelievable. I mean, if this guy can stay healthy, put him in the middle, please, at least on the goal line. <laughs> right? Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> blog, please. Yes. Yeah. Get in there and get nasty. I'm not kidding you. Plug up the gap. He is as wide. He is as wide. If you look at, like, if from his point of view, the, so like from the outside of Joe Tooney to the outside of Trey Smith, that's how wide this guy is. <laughs> he is three, yeah. he is three li- offensive linemen wide. His, his, his his legs like his calves and cankles are fucking huge yeah i mean he looks like he's immovable um and that like i said depth is going to be key up front for this team um especially the chiefs defensive line for sure um that kind of seems to wrap up training camp do we have anything else we need to add johnny you got anything or or we think we're good blaine i really covered everything i got Every anyone who listens to this and is in like the Kansas City area, apparently today, Thursday, Kansas is releasing the date that you can start wagering sports betting. Great news for Kansas City area. Just hop across the border. So look out for that. I'm so, so excited to be able to get in a sports book, but that's opposite Chiefs news. Hey, that's still good news for listeners. They're gonna appreciate that, Blaine. If you're in the Kansas City area, hop over to Kansas and place your bets responsibly, of course. Um be responsible boys i think that's another episode of the figure it out pod we'll be back next week for week number two of the preseason versus the washington commanders hard knocks episode three this has been the figure it out podcast with me chandler collins on the one-year birthday of the show joined today by johnny and blaine boys as always thank you and we'll talk to you next week okay see ya see you later